Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where today, Wednesday, yes, we broke a big story. It was in conjunction with the interview we did yesterday on the podcast, but we now have text messages between private American citizens and the military commanders in Afghanistan in the final weekend before we evacuated Afghanistan, in which American commanders acknowledge firsthand, irrefutably, and with some colorful, frustrating language that they had abandoned American citizens at the gate at Kabul all the way back to Sunday, two days before the departure. So two days before they were stopping taking Americans and these Americans were waving their card, their passport, saying, we are American, let us in. They, according to the interviews and the documents that we reviewed, the military was overruled by the State Department who would not allow these American citizens to come inside the gates even after they had cleared through Taliban space and through the Taliban checkpoints near the airport. A remarkable story. There is a quote that I will never forget from this extraordinary set of exchanges. You see the frantic nature of rescuing Americans. You see the enormous frustration of Americans knowing, knowing, that they were leaving their fellow citizens behind. Yes, we are effing abandoning American citizens. An American colonel, an army colonel, wrote this past Sunday, acknowledging that several American groups who had tried to get to the airport, made it to the airport, made it to the gates that the military controlled and weren't let in. There is an unbelievable account here. Of course, we had the Hints of this yesterday when Michael Yan, the great war correspondent, former Special Forces soldier, told us a little bit about this, but we obtained the actual text messages between the Army and those trying to help these Americans escape. They leave you numb. That's all I can say. They leave you numb. There's nothing more I can say than that. Read the story. Check it out. We're going to ask our guest today about that and a whole lot more. Kat Kamek, the Florida Congresswoman, Republican, been on the show many times. We love having her on. She always gets makes some news when she's on. She'll be joining us in a few seconds to talk about those text messages and so much more. The threat of terrorism on U.S. soil. So many different things to cover with the Congresswoman Kat Kamek in just a few minutes. Now, before we get there, I want to pull some nuggets together and have you start to think about, these are factual nuggets, about this. Because my reporting in talking to 
U.S. intelligence officials, diplomatic officials, former government officials, foreigners, foreign emissaries who are as equally concerned about this, is that Joe Biden and the Biden administration may have intentionally tried to create a false reality. Now, let me just say, you know, we've had a lot of false realities, right? What is false reality? It's a term that's been used in military intelligence theories where you use the capabilities you have around you to create a perception that something is real when in fact it's not. Russia collusion is a great example of a false reality. People got to be certain that Donald Trump had colluded with Russia when in fact there was no such evidence. It was disinformation and political dirty tricks. Russian disinformation combined with a political dirty trick from Hillary Clinton's campaign in the Democratic National Committee and Christopher Steele and all of those characters. Well, there are people on the inside of the United States government that are telling me now that they believe that President Biden spent the summer trying to create the false reality that the Taliban would not take control of the country of Afghanistan, that the Afghan army would hold long enough to let the Americans exit gracefully and get all of the Afghan allies and Americans out. That's what's been told. What are the acts, the evidence that support these U.S. government officials' claims? Well, one of them just surfaced a little bit ago in the Reuters wire service story. Check it out. We're going to have it out on Just the News in a little bit as well. But there's a transcript of President Biden's call with President Ghani of Afghanistan, the one who fled. This is a few weeks back. We still had time to get out of the country. And in it, President Biden is quoted as saying something to the fact that whether it's true or not, we need to create a different perception, different reality that the Taliban aren't winning. Well, there's lots of consequences and inferences and implications to that statement of our president if the transcript is an accurate reflection of what President Biden said. First off, President Biden would be asking a foreign leader the president of Afghanistan, to try to help him create an inaccurate perception, a lie. Secondly, if President Biden believed he needed to create a new perception that the Taliban weren't winning, then he must have known they were. And he wanted to change it because in his own words, according to the transcript, he's saying whether it's true or not. Pretty extraordinary to have an American president talking to a foreign leader and asking him potentially to lie. Well, that's one piece of it, right? Around the same time, we're now told, and it has been confirmed, that President Biden exempted himself from having to send a report to Congress, one that was lawfully required under a statute, under an authorization passed by Congress, about the consequences if America withdrew from Afghanistan. That report was never filed this summer, like it was required, because President Biden gave himself a waiver, exempted himself, declared that telling Congress the truth would compromise national security. I, I, you just have to scratch your head and think about that for a second. Now, let's take all the statements that Jen Psaki and John Kirby and Jake Sullivan and Secretary of State Blinken, he was a little bit more careful, but still, they all were saying, listen, there are going to be no people hanging from planes or helicopters like Hanoi. There ended up there were. They said, we're going to get every American citizen out. They now admit they left 150 behind. They said this was a roaring success. It wasn't. The text messages we show, the fear, 
the desperation, the frantic nature of Americans seeing their own government turn their back on them and not let them into the gate at a time when there was still time. There were planes on the tarmacs. Those Americans could have been rescued. Now ask yourself, if we were told all those things and the facts were something else, and the president is saying whether it's true or not, foreign leader, help me out on this, and you're withholding information from Congress, does omissions and affirmative efforts to try to mislead amount to an effort to create a false reality? That is what U.S. government officials are telling me concern them very deeply. Just think about it what it means, what it could mean, something for all of us to ponder. These are facts. All right, we're going to ask Kat Kamek that in just a few seconds, the congressman from Florida. First, we're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, the Florida congresswoman, Kat Kamek, with us. We always have a fun time when she's on the show because we learn something, we make some news. We're going to try to do that again right after these commercial messages. Hey, folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews and extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest of the show. She's been on here many times. We love having her on because she gives us the straight truth. None of that congressional bluster, none of that spin job. You get facts and truth from her. Congressman Kat Kamek is joining us. Congresswoman, great to have you back. Hey, thanks so much, John. Pleasure to be back. It is an amazing few weeks we've just lived through, and I, I know it's the history books aren't written yet on it, but I've heard from many people that your office has been among those most engaged in trying to get the Afghan uh, allies, the Americans who are still trapped in the soil that our military, our Biden administration left behind. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing and what you've experienced in that process? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I got to give major shout out to to our team. They weeks ago, I mean, and, and even before before things really started to fall apart, they had been working to try to get our Americans home, people from the diplomatic corps, NGOs that had been working over there. And um, so when things really started to unravel, they jumped in headfirst and actually went to a 24 hour shift rule in our office where 24 hours a day, our phone was getting answered, emails were going out, working with State Department, working with Department of Defense, really keeping those lines of communication open with the federal agencies, but also with people that were stuck over there. And I think that was probably and continues to be, even though, you know, this this man in the White House says that it's over it's not over until every single American has their boots on American soil. And so we're continuing to move forward and get people out. But, you know, the big thing was 
people weren't getting information. There were congressional offices across the country that just stopped answering phones, stopped communicating. And Mm. you can imagine how terrifying it must be to be over there feeling like you've been abandoned, where you go up to the gates multiple times and it's just chaos and you keep getting turned away. And then all of a sudden your member of Congress stops answering their phones and returning your messages. Right. That's got to be heartbreaking. So we ended up getting calls from all over the country, really from congressional districts that had made the decision that they were just going to stop working on it. And uh, so not only were we trying to get our own constituents out, but people from all around the country. It's just unconscionable to me that we have left Americans behind. And now we have passed the deadline, this this political self-imposed deadline. And uh, it was extremely frustrating. As a member of Congress, I had to find out that the this administration had shut everything down a day early that the last five planes didn't even have an American on them. And I had to find out on Twitter that they were done, that they had officially closed it down. It's unreal. And um, I just have to say that my team, I'm so proud of them. They're continuing to communicate with people that have been left behind. They're continuing to look for ways to get them out of the country. And they're very dedicated and passionate to this. So I'm really proud of them and all of the congressional staffers around the country that continue to really fight to bring our Americans home. That is so, so important. They're still in the fight. And this was an executive branch job, but now you have private sector and the legislative branch doing more than the State Department and the military. What sort of accountability will Congress exact on these agencies and on the president? So oftentimes when we have an issue, Republicans will sound one way and Democrats will sound another way. But universally, whether it's Mark Kelly in Arizona or Seth Moulton in Massachusetts or Kat Kamek in Florida, there seems to be universal bipartisan agreement that this was a very flawed, failed foreign policy disaster. Oh, yeah. I think at this point, the party lines have gone to the wayside on this. I've talked to Democrats that are disgusted with the decisions of this administration and have actually taken to task several of the leadership entities. You know, I've heard some Democrats that I never would think speak out, um, really rake uh, Secretary Blinken and Secretary Austin and General Milley over the coals on decisions that have been made by President Biden. And so I think we're united as Americans in that we have to get people home. There is no covering for the fact that this was the most ill-planned, poorly executed withdrawal in American history. And so I think you've got a couple of key tenants that Republicans and Democrats are united on. First and foremost, how many Americans do we have left? How many people were left behind? Uh, This notion that the, the president has been going out there saying that, oh, well, we got everyone out that wanted to get out. Well, even your own generals, General McKenzie, yesterday said, that's not true. We left people behind. There were people that wanted to get out that we couldn't get out. And so he's, again, in a situation where he is contradicting his generals, his his senior leadership. And and so we in Congress are demanding to know how many Americans, how many people got left behind. First and foremost, we've got to know that. Two, what is our plan for getting them home? What are you doing? Us in Congress, we are we're doing absolutely everything we can. We are working with groups that are, you know, staged around Afghanistan, some that are still in Afghanistan, and we are going to work to get our people out. 
but we want to know what is the administration doing? What is the State Department prepared to do? What is the Department of Defense prepared to do? And the other thing we want to know is the inventory of of military weapons. We know broadly that there was about $85 billion worth of American military-grade equipment that was left behind. What is our plan to ensure that it is either destroyed or doesn't make it to the black market and it cannot be used against us? Because I I certainly have this fear um, that we've just armed a terrorist organization. So what is the administration's plan to deal with that and have a full accounting? And then you look further uh, down the road. What is what conditions uh, and reassurances do we as the American people have that this administration is not going to move forward in recognizing the Taliban as a legitimate government? They are not. They are a terrorist organization. Um, they can't have any aid come to them. Uh, There will be no taxpayer dollars going as foreign aid to prop up a terrorist entity posing as a legitimate government. And I think it's a very precarious situation because whatever America does, the world will look and follow. And our credibility has been shot to hell, quite frankly, in the last few weeks under this administration. It's pretty clear. It's very clear. And so any any further missteps are going to cause irreparable harm. So lots of questions, a lot of people demanding answers. There has to be accountability because I can tell you as just an average normal citizen, I am demanding accountability and I don't ever want us to lose faith in the government that is by the people for the people. And if no one is held responsible for the lives that have been lost, the absolute total utter failure that this withdrawal has been, then I think people will never have faith in their government, at least for a not, uh, not for a long time, that people will be held accountable and that there will be consequences for those in leadership. Boy, there have to be consequences. Lack of accountability is a theme that we have heard so much about in the last four or five years, whether it's Russia collusion or this latest disaster. I want to ask you about some text messages we published this morning, because if you remember late last week, we were getting assurances from the podium, from Jen Psaki, from Pentagon spokespeople, that we would there was no chance we were going to leave Americans behind. And over the weekend, we clearly did. And, and we had a series of text messages where you could see these Americans were told to go to the airport, then they get to the gate, there are planes on the tarmac, and they're turned away by our own U.S. military commanders who are blaming either the State Department or generals above them. But there are these you know, really dramatic, in some cases, pretty sugary language or, or pretty salty language in there of, yeah. of, of military officials just beyond themselves, realizing they were leaving Americans behind knowingly and willfully. Uh, your reaction as someone who's tried to rescue Americans, when you see contemporaneous documents capturing what really went on, did the American people get the truth this past weekend? No. No, no. This administration has lied to the American people, to Congress, to the world. I can't even begin to tell you how frustrated I have been, my team, my constituents. It has been absolutely, utterly disheartening. We know that there were soldiers that were there helping getting people through the gates. They were trying to move people. They were kind of beholden to the state, uh, yep. Department of State, because That's what we the hear. state was really 
driving this this operation and they couldn't process paperwork fast enough so there was a lot of bottlenecking and it's heartbreaking because the boots on the ground did their job and the suits in Washington didn't and this this narrative that secretary blinken is peddling that we've been processing as furiously fast as we possibly could have and oh covid slowed us up that's bs that's bs we have been processing and dealing with the the red tape and nonsense for beyond, I mean, going back to the Obama administration. Yeah, of course. And, you know, it's terribly frustrating because we had groups of American citizens that we had coordinated, got to the gates, had gone through Taliban checkpoints. Three times they made it up to the gates, American citizens, three times, and three times they were turned away. And it wasn't safe to stay at the gates given the very volatile and dangerous security situation there. So they kept having to leave. And on that third trip back, we had an interpreter that was helping get our group of Americans back up to the gates for right. evacuation. And he was captured by the Taliban and beaten and assassinated, mm. Mm. executed. Oh. And that night, our group on the ground, they, it was all captured on video and, and photos. And they sent us the, the images and the video. And it's heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, that's, that was what we were dealing with in the final days, you know, just a few days ago. And it's not surprising at all. The, the soldiers, the military on the ground, they knew what was happening. They, they were being forced to follow orders yep. to leave people behind. And that has got to wear so, so hard and so deep on these men and women in uniform. I can't even imagine being in their shoes yeah. because I just know talking to some of the people that we were able to get out the conversations that they had with our military. And I couldn't be more proud of our military who really did the best given the crap situation that they were put in by commander in chief and their military leadership. They they really were put in an awful circumstance. I can't imagine what it's like to be that soldier looking at an American through the gate and having to tell them, I can't rescue you because the state department didn't get your paperwork done. It just seems unfathomable. Now, you know why a Lieutenant Colonel would write something like, we're blanking, yep. abandoning Americans. Uh, he used pretty colorful language there. Um, he could not believe that we were abandoning American citizens a few yards from, from their rescue. Mm. Amazing things. I want to ask you something, because you were one of the first to call for President Biden to resign. Now 52% of Americans in the latest Rasmussen Reports poll share that sentiment. That's a very high sentiment for a president, but less than seven, eight months in the job. But there is a growing body of evidence, and it's come out episodically. When you put it on the timeline, I want to ask you whether you see any evidence that President Biden was trying to create a false reality. And here's what I'm going to point out, the points that we now know. He used his waiver power to prevent Congress from getting a report at the end of June, giving an assessment of the dangers of leaving Afghanistan. We now know from the Reuters transcript published today that one of his last conversations with the fleeing Afghan President Ghani, that he asked him to create the perception that the Taliban weren't winning. We had multiple statements by senior officials working directly for the president said there's no chance anyone's going to be hanging from planes, being left behind. We got everybody. And then a few days ago, they said, no, we did leave people. There were people hanging on planes. Do you see, and people will talk about impeachment down the road, I'm sure, but Do you see enough evidence now that this administration was not just incompetent, but that it was trying to create a false reality, a false picture that misled the American people until we got out? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think you you said it right there. You know, 
transcripts of the call between President Biden and President Ghani when he said, and I quote, and there's a need, whether it is true or not, there is a need to project a different picture. Mm. You don't say that if you aren't intending to mislead the general public. Uh, that transcript is pretty damning. Yep. And you look at, had this been President Trump, this would have been front page news of every newspaper and every 24-hour news channel would be running this left, right, and center. But not a whole lot of people are talking about it. And that's very scary because if this is not being covered, how many other pieces are we missing that have not been covered, that hasn't come to light? Because it is very clear that there were no plans. There were no contingencies made. Even your worst military planners couldn't have messed up this withdrawal this bad. It just simply doesn't happen. And so absolutely, we have seen this president contradict everything that his secretary of state, that his secretary of defense, hell, his secretary of homeland security and General Milley. He has contradicted them multiple times over and they're left holding the bag saying, well, you know, we actually do know that this is happening or that had happened. And yes, we did know about that. So you get the sense that they're trying to cover their own, their own tails. Yep. I almost the word. Um, <laughs> I can imagine the word. I can imagine it. <laughs> you know, they're trying to cover their own, their own tail yeah. and not contradict their commander in chief. Yeah. But they're weaving a very dangerous web here. And it's going to come to light that they knew how dangerous this was, how poorly of a plan this was. And I think you just use his own words. The buck stops with me. I am fully responsible. I made the decision. He has said that on repeat. Yep. So let's hold him to it. Is there enough conversation going on or are there conversations going on in the Republican caucus that there's enough grounds for impeachment or is that too premature? You know, there's absolutely that conversation happening. And I absolutely hear people loud and clear all across America saying, why in the hell have we not impeached this guy? Why are we not doing this? Folks, elections have consequences and we don't have the votes. Yeah. I don't care how many Democrats come along and say that they disagree with this president and this and that. They will not go against Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi is a very scary figure in the Democrat Party. She will ensure that any Democrat that steps out of line and works with Republicans to hold this administration accountable, she'll make their life and everyone they know, uh, it'll be a living hell for them. So we don't have the votes. We need to absolutely expose, scream at the top of our lungs on every mountaintop of what is going on. But more importantly, we've got to have a plan. We have to be united and we have to have a plan going into the midterms. The minute we take that house back, we can start really engaging in the fight to hold this administration accountable. And of course, you know, you always got to think of what comes next. I would gladly take weekend at Bernie's that we've got right now over (laughs) a potential President Harris. (laughs) I remember that movie well, and the political version is almost as funny. Yes, uh, how about that? Oh, if it wasn't so sad. If it wasn't so sad, that's so true. Congresswoman, to all of your constituents that you're helping and and all of the great efforts that your staff has made, America salutes you. But it's such an important thing to realize that in the absence of 
a good plan by our administration, so many private citizens and members of Congress stepped into the void to fill it. And I know you're one of them at the forefront, and we're really grateful for that effort. Thank you so much. And to everybody who has been working to get folks home, thank you. Nobody is an army of one. It has been a incredible effort of so many members of Congress, so many private sector individuals, NGOs, military veterans who have popped up and said, I am ready to get in the fight. And I just couldn't be more proud, honestly, to be an American. Isn't it true? America shines. Every time we have our biggest crisis, you just see the goodness of America. And all those who spend their days criticizing America are just missing the essence of what is being displayed right now. Great, heroic people trying to do the right thing in a crisis. And of course, you and your team are right there at the forefront of that. Thank you, John. Thank you, Congressman. We'll talk to you soon. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right. You too. Take care. Folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Got a couple more scoops I want to share with you before we head into the night. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, that wraps it up. Another edition of John Solomon Reports. Thank you for listening. I really want to thank the Congresswoman for spending so much time and being gracious and helping us walk through all of the implications of what's going on in Afghanistan. You heard her say there absolutely are conversations with Republicans about impeachment, but there's not enough votes yet. But uh, wow, what an interview. That idea of false reality we talked about, she has her own belief on that. And of course, she herself was helping Americans and Afghans who are loyal to Americans try to escape because our executive branch, our president, our military, our State Department didn't do the job correctly. Ponder that as you go on to your life tonight, your meals and your meetings and your church and school activities, whatever it is. Some pretty sobering thoughts here. Thank you for listening to John Solomon Reports. Thank you for checking out justthenews.com. We're grateful all the time for all that you do. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon reports. Till then, when you need a news fix, you know where to go, justthenews.com. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So 
you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now.